0: What is it about television that uh, brought you into the industry? Why were you there in the first place?
1: Well, for me personally, uh, I'll tell you how it started. Um, It started um, when I was at at the University of Maryland in 1968. uh, And it was, you know, the height of the Vietnam War. And um, I was on a campus that was politically active. Uh, and I felt at the time, uh, I had started out in pre-med and my father said, well, happy grades, you need to find something that you might be able to do well in. And we flipped through the catalog and he said, look at that, radio, TV and film. That looks interesting, why don't you go try that? So uh, I went and tried that and, it, and poof, all of a sudden, I was getting A's instead of getting C's. Uh, which I was getting in science and and, and the, the various topics that you needed to do in, in terms of pre-med. And I found, wow, this is a lot of fun. And the University of Maryland at the time, even in 1968, had a television studio with cameras, with a control room um, that we had the opportunity to go and play with. And uh, I I thought one day, well, hey, you know, what if we took... Um, the chance this was at the time this was 60, I guess by now it was 69. And, and the whole idea of, of the uh, strikes, uh, striking the classrooms and, and sitting in it on the steps so that people couldn't get into their classrooms was happening as a way of, of, of sort of the anti-war movement. Uh, and I said, why don't why don't I bring the chancellor of the school together on the internal television system, which we had at the University of Maryland? I tell a lot of the courses got taught to the freshmen. So if you're a freshman, you'd walk into a room and your teacher would be a television set that was that we would shoot as students. That was part of what we did. We would shoot the lectures and there would be a teaching assistant in the room who we could ask questions to. And I said, well, we have this internal television system. It was everywhere. It was even in the the student union. So let's bring the chancellor in and let's talk to him uh, about what's going on in the campus politically right now. Um, And poof, poof. Journalism and poof, journalism on TV. That was the beginning of it for me. And that was the most interesting time. Uh, uh, I think 1968, 1969 was a pretty damned interesting time anyway. But to find uh, the power of the media in 1968 to me was an absolute life changing force. Uh, and it, it was so for me, it was, hey, you can tell a story using this medium. Uh, And and I went from there journal. Actually, I went from journalism into doing entertainment stuff and then back to journalism. Now by 1972, I was working at. RC in Washington, which uh, is the local NBC station, but it's also the sort of the biggest station. uh, It it, it would be New York and then Washington, but in Washington in 1972, working in news uh, was pretty amazing because you're right in the middle of Watergate. So the, the, the war isn't over, Watergate is happening. I was working uh, as the lowest of the low film editor. I had, I had worked my way into getting a job as a film editor. That, that's a whole other story um, about how that happened. But it was the night, uh, it was the night of the Saturday Night Massacre uh, in Washington. I was the only guy there. Um, I picked up the phone heard about this started herding people around calling people up to have them come in waiting in there for film to be delivered to me from this you know from, uh, from the White House or whatever which I would then be the only one editing to get on the air for that Saturday night's newscast and it was just it was magical it was it was this incredible moment you know uh, and that those sort of those two things were were what got me into the world. Of news and news content and news creation and news coverage and news distribution, all of that stuff in those two examples um, sort of fixated in my mind that this is this is what I want to do, and I went ahead and did that uh, in the news world uh, until 1991.
0: Okay, so uh, let's jump uh, across the chasm from. I guess you'd call it analog to what happened uh, uh, that led to the streaming
1: uh, revolution? Where are we? Okay, so uh, this is an interesting uh, story and it, it has a lot to do with the world of, uh, of NBC in the uh, early 90s. Um, Bob Wright, who was then the chairman of NBC, had uh, decided that he wanted to pull every leader in the company. So by now I was an executive at NBC. I'd worked my way up over the years into, into an executive position. Uh, he decided that he wanted to bring all of the executives together in Pasadena, out in California, um, in, at a hotel, and close the doors, lock them. Where And, and his message was, okay, people, there's this thing called digital we need to be at the forefront of this thing called digital and you know I, to me digital obviously it's ones and zeros but the, it was how how are we going to utilize this thing called digital for our business for television uh it, and he then handed out to everybody these sony cameras which shot onto the floppy disks you'd literally stick a floppy disk into this camera and you could shoot with it and you could You could then take the floppy disk out of the camera and stick it in your computer and put it on the screen and you could send it to somebody. Email was still not a great big thing then, but it was something that we used at NBC. But you could also shoot a little three minute low, low quality video with this really clunky camera. And that was like, oh, my gosh, this is really incredible. Um, we can shoot a little piece of video with sound because these little cameras had microphones and it was horrible looking stuff. But we could then transfer it into, uh, into a computer, um, n- not a laptop, but a desktop. And then we could send it to somebody on the other side of the room or somebody in California who worked at NBC. The Cal- point is that we saw in, in the very early days how this could work. That was the beginning of, of sort of that for me. Now there was another step that actually was closer to what streaming is um, uh, that I also, uh, uh, that I also felt was formative. At the time I was a, an executive in the marketing group. So we did promos uh, and, and it was, you know, tonight on Dateline or tomorrow in NBC nightly news or next week on the today show. Um, And the operation for those shows in Saturday Night Live and Conan O'Brien, which came later, they were all on the East Coast. And that's where I was. But the people who ran the department. So the president of the group and the chief marketing officer, I was an EVP by or senior VP by then. They were on the West Coast. And so we had to buy satellite time every day uh, to feed our spots, the promos that we created to the West Coast to be approved by the West Coast before they went on the air. That cost millions and millions of dollars. It, it wasn't just, hey, let's, let's go downstairs and, and, and put it up on the satellite. You had to order the satellite. The satellite time was really expensive. Um, you had to wait until your window came up. You, you fed it out there. Somebody recorded it on the West Coast then carried it to the offices of the executives to then look at it and approve it or change it. And then we would have to reorder sometimes the satellite later in the in the day because they had changed the the promos that we made. So uh, at the time, the, you know, computers had now developed to to the point where there were things on computers. You could go in and you could see a, a little clip of video um, on your computer. I remember I had this 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 Apple computer and I had this little chip in my computer that allowed me to see video uh on it it was i can't remember what that chip was called and uh but (laughs) interestingly enough one of the things that was available online was pornography and i went into the west coast and i said to the guys on the west coast i said you know what if if you can watch pornography uh on your computer why can't you watch promos on your computer why why can't we create a, a, something that allows us to, to take this videotape? Because we were still cutting on videotape, transfer it, uh, and then send it. You know, allow you to then dial into it, look at, and look at it on your computer. It's still, it was it was dial up too, um, and uh, and they all they all the two of them that ran the department said, "Well, see see what you can do with that." And so I went to the IT department because IT was starting to grow big especially after the chairman had said, let's get into digital, everything exploded. But they still hadn't gotten the idea down that you could take a piece of videotape, transfer it to a digital file, and then allow people to dial in and see that file. Um, So we were working on that. It took about six months for us to get to the point where you could put up a, it was like a little bigger than a postage stamp on a full screen cathode ray screen on your lap, on your desktop. Um, and the IT, the head of IT, who I had gone around to do this project with the OK of my bosses, was so angry that I had gone around him. He went to the bosses and said, we have to shut this rogue ratus project down now. Um, interestingly enough, that was the day that it worked for the first time. And lo and behold, we never had to buy satellites. Saving. 10 or $15 million a year. Um, the next step from that, by the way, was, uh, to be able to send it to a cell phone because at the time, the only cell phone that would take video that would that let you see it was a, a, a Samsung. I think it was a Samsung it was called a blackjack. It looked like a, uh, uh, it looked like some version of the, uh, 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 you know, had a little keyboard on it, had a very tiny screen on it, but you could send that video, the same video you could send to a uh, computer, you could actually see it on the phone. So now these guys who had to approve these things didn't have to be tethered to a TV set with a piece of tape that somebody brought up from this feed room to look at. They could bring it up on their computer or look at it on their phone. That was the beginning, in my mind, of, of the streaming world. Nobody actually saw it that way at the beginning. They saw it as a practical uh, solution to something that cost a lot of money. But in my mind, I said, geez, why can't we do this with full shows? The answer that I got was, well, the quality's not good enough. The, the size of the image isn't big enough. Uh, you know, there were all these reasons why it couldn't work, which as you know, Steve, happens a lot in our business or in the technology world. It's like, uh, you know, I think maybe today, entrepreneurs will look at something and say, we can do it. But I think back then it was like, "Eh, I don't know if we can do that. Anyway, to me, that was sort of the beginning of of the, the, the streaming world. Okay. Um, So, uh,
0: you know, taking this out of the personal for a second, uh, mm -hmm. what, what we have now, uh, seems to me to have been, uh, mostly, uh, finessed by Netflix, uh, which was, uh, you know, to use your analogy was a, uh, uh, something that you got on a, a CD or, uh, you know, a, a DVD that you got in the mail and then uh, mm. that you always forget, uh, to send it back in time. So millions of dollars, uh, piled up and eventually somebody figured out that, uh, they could, uh, that they could move to streaming uh and i think that's what started streaming was that yes. that business so uh from uh, being in the television business uh that was pretty opaque to to most people including you probably uh yeah
1: and, and it was it was yes it was and it was interesting too because that was all that was at that time was entertainment content it was it was about streaming movies Uh, And and TV shows, mostly movies, because that was the business that Netflix was in, not necessarily TV shows. Mm -hmm. But the next level of that was the addition of TV shows to that. And then the next level was the distribution of live content. Now, live content streaming meant news programs and sports programs and and uh, award shows and things like that, which. Um, the networks owned and didn't necessarily want to give away the rights to a company like Netflix to be able to do that. That pushed the networks and the distribution, the cable companies, which by the way, as you know, the cable companies owned, uh, uh, the cable companies owned the best quality, um, the best quality uh, internet at the time. So it was, you know, you, you, you didn't just buy, a, a cable bundle you got the internet along with it so uh and the internet was what you connected your computer up to and then those opportunities started to open up money started to get spent to 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 buy the rights to these things and but in the early days there wasn't enough penetration uh to make it to make it a big business because cable television uh being, what the streaming world would do next so i I, you know and what 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 that says to me is that um is that you know streaming um as it exists today is where cable was in terms of how it developed in in its earliest days and and i think i've said this many times on the gilmore gang that i was i was starting to collect all of these streaming apparatus all these ott devices uh, and that the amount of money that I was spending on these OTT devices was actually starting to equal to be equal to or greater than the money that I was spending on cable bundles at the time. So it wasn't saving any money, but I now had the opportunity to have every conceivable great kind of content uh, that I wanted at my fingertips, which I think is where uh, we are with streaming right now. That's why the streaming wars. Or what what people are calling the streaming wars are so uh, uh, are so prevalent in in uh, in, certainly in our lives, Uh, and that is you know that's Apple spending six or seven billion dollars to create content, Disney deciding to take all of its content, so the Marvel films and the Star Wars stuff and everything that Disney makes and putting that on its own channel, but also adding ESPN uh, to that. Hulu to that bundle. Guess what? What's the word? The key word is bundle. That that sounds like cable. In the in the in the late nineties, early two thousands, they started to bundle. So you would buy a bundle, and in the bundle would be everything except your local television. So I could get NBC the network, but I couldn't get WNBC the local station. Uh, it wasn't until much later that local news started to be added to those bundles, and and I think that's, we, we are only a couple of steps past that right now.
0: All right, so- what, I don't know
1: if that, I'm not sure that answered your question, yeah, no, but it, it's- it,
0: <laughs> it, I'm just, it doesn't answer the question, it, it poses the question, which is, uh, uh, you mentioned Hulu. Uh, what's your perception about Hulu? Do you think that that's uh, uh, a transitional service, or uh, is that a harbinger of how this is gonna roll out?
1: I think Hulu is uh, a harbinger of how this is gonna roll out. Hulu offers a couple of opportunities. You, you can get Hulu advertised, uh, supported, or you can get Hulu as a subscription, or you can get Hulu uh, with without ads or with ads. And one costs more than the other. Uh, and it, the interesting thing about it is how uh, content is uh, manipulated to be an advertising uh, uh, and marketing source. Uh, so so you, Hulu was the first to do that. Interestingly enough, Hulu was owned by three or four of the major broadcasters. Uh, so Disney had a piece of Hulu and NBC had a piece of Hulu and Fox had a piece of Hulu because they saw it as a, as a competitor to Netflix. Now it wasn't until, you know, Netflix is huge, but Hulu has, has been jumping by leaps and bounds. And now there's this really new thing uh, where there's, a, there's an entire business out there that is, has figured out how to digitally encode advertisers' products into content that has been previously shot and recorded for distribution. So you could see somebody sitting at a bar in a restaurant and then poof, put up a bottle of Heineken next to them and the label is looking at you. There's a, a new way. Of, of adding an advertiser message into content. It's not a mistake. It's not a, it's, it's not a mistake that when a car pulls up in, in a shot and it stops right in front of you and the big Ford logo is in the center of it, that's not a mistake. Um, and it's, it's um, uh, you know, that, that's, that is how Hulu started to be thinking about how it wanted to do what it was going to do. Um, and that is uh, product integration. Uh, and that's not new. Product integration is not new. Um, you know, it, we we thought about that, and did that. Let's back in the early days when the when I mean really early days of television, black and white news. The the uh, John Cameron Swayze's newscast was sponsored by Camel cigarettes, which by the way, nine out of ten doctors were in favor of at the time. Uh, and he had this giant Camel logo on the front of the desk, and he would smoke while he was doing. The news. So there's always been some form of that one way or another uh, in, in content. Now there's a way of taking distributed streamed content and not putting that advertisement in the content. But if I'm downstairs and I'm watching the same movie that my kid is watching upstairs, he'll get a different product on the bar. He might get a bottle of Pepsi where I'm getting a bottle of Heineken's. And that's what's what what makes the the sort of the digitization of the advertising model in the streaming world exciting.
0: So, what is it that is? Uh, where does this intersect with uh, the other major trend uh, that we see in the home, uh, which
1: is uh, audio? So. Uh, there's, there's, there are these devices out there which, which, uh, that are no longer considered uh, new media, and that's voice, uh, uh, the voice assistant. So, Alexa, uh, Google Home, and, and the like. Um, those things uh, are AI driven, uh, so they, they learn from you as you go along day to day. Uh, but the, the, the streamers have. Uh, started to connect those voice devices to the streaming services. So if you buy, for example, an Alexa, and you have a Fire Stick attached to your TV, you can control the Fire Stick using your Alexa. So what 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 that is is um, it's search it's search for content. I, I think that I, I I don't think I know because I uh, it, it's been published and I just can't I can't attribute it that by 2025, more than 50% of all search will be done using a voice device. So I, I just think that if, you know, here we are in the early days and voice is, is controlling um, uh, the, the search on, on your content device, the Fire Stick and the Alexa, um, that not only will it do that, but it's also doing other things, like it's, it's controlling the lights in your house and the electricity uh, it's controlling the, the heater. It's controlling the, so in some cases, you can turn your coffee machine on and it's giving you the news updates and it's, and now that's the audio part. But now they're developed, they have developed the video audio devices. So Amazon, the Amazon show, which has a little screen. And there's actually a large screen version of it, small screen version of it, where you can watch your streamed content on it but you can also see your, you know, your front door with your door, uh, with your ring doorbell, which, by the way, is another Amazon product. Or you can then connect all sorts of other products to it using things called skills. Uh, and you know, the Amazon calls them skills, and uh, uh, Samsung calls them capsules, and, and Google calls them actions. But they're all the same thing. They're basically apps. Um, now they've fallen into kind of the same trap as as apps on your phone. And that is there's a hundred million of them and only five of them are getting used regularly. That's that's just the world that we live in. Um, once I think voice uh, becomes, because when the AI really works, voice starts to sound like a real human being uh, and it interacts with you and it knows things that, about you and it knows what you choose to to, to watch or uh, interact with, you walk in the door, it says, would you like me to turn on the lights, Frank? That sort of thing. How would, you know, it's, it's time to watch, my favorite show here is called The Chase. It's time to watch The Chase, and it turns on the TV and there's The Chase. Um, uh, you, when those, when that sort of happens, the, the world of voice and, uh, and um, uh, streaming have now combined and converged and are working together.
0: Right, so Aside from seen, the all the, we we've seen. Doctor, the, go
1: uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that that um, you know we're all we're getting there. We we are not there yet, but I think that's the next step. And there and then there's one step beyond that, where the video voice devices become a method of distribution. Here's here's why I say that. When cable was big in the early days, us when the sales guys could sell to 80 million households. That was a huge number. 80 million households. USA is in 80 million homes. Oh, granted, only maybe 2 million ever watched a USA show at any given time. That made it a hit. But there were 80 million possible views of that. Voice today is in over 100 million homes. There's more than, I think it's two devices in every four households in America, the the numbers are astounding. So that says to me that the industry is going to see this as an, as a huge opportunity. Um, And, and that is sort of next level, next gen cable Uh, because it becomes now a voice driven AI operated method of distribution and communication. All right.
0: Let's not uh, get too far out in the future when Uh, we're barely understanding how we got to where we are right now. Uh, So uh, I want to go back to the uh, intersection of streaming uh, and its impact on uh, the television industry and also, parenthetically, uh, the news industry.
1: Well, so I'll tell you what what I think. I, I, I think that... Uh, There's a good side and a bad side to it for news. But first of all, let's talk about it as, a, uh, as, a, as an important method of distribution. Um, more people have uh, uh, some connection to the internet these days than ever before. Um, and allowing, this, this, and I'm, now I'm thinking about the, those days when we started to create that, the, 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 the approval process for the promos, it, it's, it's easy. Everyone's got a phone, everyone's got a laptop, you can pick it up anywhere you are, anytime you're somewhere, and you can watch your, te- your favorite shows, or you get a notification, which I think are absolutely key to the way that streaming and digital content distribution will work in the future, if not right now. You'll get a notification. CBS is doing this, and it's fabulous, uh, telling you right now uh, the president is speaking at the G7. Uh, and you just touch that uh, notification; it takes you immediately to that live stream. That is critically important to our to, to where we are today in distribution of content. That's the good side. Um, now, here's the bad side. The bad side is, uh, and this is something that we learned in the early days of cable in the news business. Uh, and now I'm talking sp- specifically about news. Um, is that once you had to fill the time. Once you had to force the correspondents in the field and the news organizations to immediately jump on something and put it out there and make it live or without any context, uh, which, which meant that the reporters, for example, didn't have the time to go out and, and make the phone calls or do the, uh, the background research or, or the time that it took basically back when there were newspapers that were successful to, to tell a story in context, Now it's get it on the air because first is much more important than better. That's a problem for me. Uh, And that just may may be because I'm, I'm, you know, an older person doing this for a living. Uh, And I find that to be, um, I think there are ways around that, Um, uh, but I don't think they've been discovered yet.
0: I'm not sure I understand what the
1: problem is. That, that it's, it's, the, the speed with which things happen in the streaming world in the news game um, is keeping context from being uh, uh, developed and then reported. Because you have to get the story out there live. You have to do it immediately. And there isn't enough time for the people in the editorial side to oversee it before it goes out. But
0: there's another factor there, which is that, Uh, The fragmentation of the audiences uh, means that uh, the credibility of the different platforms, networks, uh, has been eroded to the point where, uh, why would I listen to what your opinion, you, uh, platform A, uh, why would that be any more uh, relevant to uh, what's going on or what I need to do to use this information in order to uh, keep my family safe. Uh, you know, there's, there's no, well, there's
1: no uh, voice of God. There's no. Uh, but you may, that's out. a good point though. They, that, that's a good point on the one hand, when it's a pragmatic use of it, Just keep my family safe. What's the weather outside? Um, you know, is there, a, is there a uh, a strike at BA right now? What's happening down the terms of there's some violence going on at this at a carnival, whatever. That's that's a pragmatic use of immediacy. Um, the yeah, but but on the other hand, um, there there are reasons to watch different sources. Uh, you know, Fox versus MSNBC is a perfectly good example of a, of a reason to watch a different source. Both MSNBC and Fox are have more than dipped their toes into the streaming world. And they will take along with them their positions. However, that being said, you still have to jump in. You still have to be in this game. And it's the same with voice. You have to be in it because if you aren't in it, you will be left behind. Your brand will suffer. And that's something that all of these companies that are responsible for streaming, all of them, every single one of them, they have, one thing in common one thing and that is to generate revenue whether it's a profit or not it's to generate revenue i mean i i actually wonder um you know how uh uh, you know apple is going to make a profit early on uh with its uh with its huge budgets for content creation nobody has actually seen yet there's a couple of things that they're talking about uh, coming out, by the way, on Apple that, that, I've, that I've gone, oh, man, I really want to see that, um, which means that I'm probably going to go and buy a subscription to the Apple streaming service, uh, Apple Plus. I'm going to end up doing that. Um, and I'll probably end up doing the same thing with Disney. Um, and Apple Plus is probably going to have some kind of news operation as well. Uh, Disney automatically has a news operation, and that's called uh, ABC, and uh, Comcast has a, has a news operation, and that's NBC. Uh, and CBS is the only one that doesn't actually have a 24-hour news operation on cable, but it has it in the streaming world. So now there are all of these things that you need to go out and get in order to, you uh, know. look, the CBS one is completely free, by the way, which I think is great. I think all of these, however, are going to require some level of advertiser support. To, to actually survive. And I right. don't think all of them are going to survive, by the way. I think a lot of them are going to get eaten up by the others and then they, they will become even bigger bundles. There'll be fewer of them. Uh, and that's the only way that these things are going to eventually survive.
0: Right. Well, uh, The one that I'm concerned about surviving is the uh, customer. Uh, what is it that, how do we manage uh, this Capability, you know, you you kind of moved away from my uh, thesis about uh, what's good, you know, to keep my family safe. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of relating that to the issue of thought leader or credibility, uh, trust. Uh, many of the uh, issues that are evolving or uh, becoming uh, paramount a related to social media the the uh fragmentation that I was alluding to uh it means that there's much less of a uh, ability for uh what we call a talking head uh to establish the credibility necessary uh to be able to uh, sustain uh an audience and therefore revenue so uh th- th- doesn't that seem to me it it does seem to me that this is a a a, a very difficult inflection point where uh, we don't have uh there's no rationale for uh, the endless kind of uh, cable uh news repetition model there's no rationale for it other than to create revenue
1: well uh, i i don't i don't necessarily agree with that um uh, because that's the business model of all of the 24-hour news organizations right now. One wonders what that business model is going to be like post-Trump, uh, which has given everyone an opportunity to be able to go out and have an opinion and take a side. Um, but well, I think that Everybody that place... has
0: a phone, uh, which has given yeah. them the opportunity to have an opinion.
1: Yes. I mean, but, that's uh, what the growth
0: me... of podcasting is all about. It's not about hey, the hey, economics. Hey. It's about the... Uh, Uh, ability to be able to project yourself, uh, you know, that's what the definition of uh, RSS as a protocol allowed people to basically, uh, you know, recreate or create a new signal path uh, that didn't necessarily require an FCC license or a transmitter in order to be able to reach an audience.
1: Well, now there, there's there's a whole thing there. Um, podcasting obviously is 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 huge right now, as it was a few years ago. It seemed to have had a lot. It seemed to have gone away and come back, um, and it's back as strong or stronger than it ever was. And you're right about about you know don't need a license for it. But you know you don't need a license to have a YouTube channel, um, and that's just another way of of doing almost the same thing, but with pictures. Um, and, you know, and putting your face on it. And, you know, that, that ties into, you know, the, the whole idea of, of streaming and distribution on other devices. Um, but, uh, you know, it, to get back to your question about how, how are you gonna be able to sustain all of these different kinds of things? I think that the only way that those different types of, of, of information-oriented content so I think entertainment is always going to be a, a, is always going to have success. Good movies going to get watched, good television shows going to get watched. But I don't agree with the people on Fox, so I'm only going to watch MSNBC. So Fox is going to suffer uh, as an example, is that all of these disparate distribution outlets, many of them will combine forces and offer, I don't want to say fewer choices but maybe more discrete choices uh, here, a discrete choice in a bundle. And I think that when that happens, uh, it's like, God, there's just too much to, to consume out there. Um, th- that it becomes, oh, there's not that much, um, here's in this bundle that I like, uh, it, it, is, it is what I wanna watch and what I wanna consume and this is where I wanna go to get. It. Uh, and that will make it easy. Look, it's that it's the same thing as having a million uh, apps and only using five of them. It's exact. You know, how, what do you need to watch to keep your family safe? Well, in the case of television, for example, that's what the emergency warning system does. That's a notification on your TV that something's coming. So batten down the hatches, um, you know, and that and that's actually it's a better place to be notified on an, in an online environment than on a television environment. Now, I say that uh, knowing that 5G may change all of that. You know, I, I used to say that it, it, what, was, what was coming was 5G and ATSC 3.0, which would basically turn your television into a streaming device. Well, a smart TV is a streaming device. And 5G, in, in, in the, the best possible world, I, unless i'm mistaken uh will be the thing that eliminates the need for wi fi in your house so why have wi fi if everything is, is is attached to is five g uh so the the world walk outside you're in five g go that, into your house it's you're in the i don't know is
0: that a is that a profound uh, disruption i mean uh, the disruption of uh netflix was moving uh, from uh, physical distribution to digital distribution. So yeah, uh, yes. so I mean, 5G, uh, yes, it will have an impact, uh, but if you take a look at how uh, companies like Apple are dealing with it, they're basically saying, not this time, uh, we're gonna wait another cycle in terms of their devices before we even- No, think about no, no. I, they, just,
1: they just announced uh, the, uh, or i don't know if they announced it but the the uh iphone 11 uh is a 5g device according to what i'm what i'm hearing right now
0: whatever i, I mean the, the, historically what apple has done uh with 4g mm-hmm. for example was to basically build out the network with some of their key suppliers verizon in particular at&t uh and then jump in uh with you know form factor and other kinds of uh, reasons to buy a, yeah. a new device so that that will happen again all i'm trying to suggest is, is that 5, 5g in and of itself is not the kind of transformational disruption that
1: i i'm, that we've I'm seen. not sure of that steve I, i'm not sure of that because um if if i'm i'm putting my future hat on here and what i'm seeing is 5g is just the first step to completely eliminating the cable. Okay, but that, I'm saying take, is, a,
0: that, take off take off the future hat. Uh, again, yeah. let's stay in the near present, which is where uh, we're trying to understand <laughs> what's actually happening right now. There's this huge disruption uh, that we refer to as Netflix has caused uh, this uh, merger and acquisition uh, craze that's going on and yeah. the consolidation of the of the media business
1: streaming wars Hmm.
0: right so what I'm saying is that from a consumer perspective we're out here at the edge of what is going to be possible in terms of the subscription bundle you know we're already feeling the pinch it's all we already have too many channels and not enough uh, dollars uh, to be able to consume the amount of uh, uh, content that's already available so we're we've got a problem uh, what's that but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you
1: I'll tell you I'll tell you what the solution is in my mind the solution is going to be um, the, uh, the the way that you get to that content so uh, here's an example so every night I go on my phone it's it's late I want to watch you know what some show that I've some series that I've been binging and I would say almost ninety nine percent of the time I can't remember which service that show that I'm watching is on because i'm I'm invariably watching three different ones on three different services now the this, the secret sauce will be uh, and and some companies are already doing this TiVo actually did this in the early days and Comcast is is has a system that's starting to do this uh, and that is that you will find the content that you want and you don't care where it's coming from. You don't care that it's on Netflix. You don't care that it's on Amazon. You don't care that it's on Hulu, but you'll say, show me Handmaid's Tale and it will come up and you're, and you will be automatically billed uh, to whichever service, but it'll all be seamless. And you'll do that by the way, using your voice. So I will say, I want to watch the magicians. I'm not going to say, I want to watch the magicians on, I remember if it's on netflix or or it's on uh uh, uh i watch sky Na- the sky now service uh, is another one that i have here bbc online itn online amazon online netflix online all of these things i don't care where it comes from i just know that that's what i want to watch and when i can do that um it it will be a lifesaver and to me that will be transformative and that will be that coupled with 5G, when it starts to work, will be the next level of all of this. And it won't, people will be looking back and going and saying, oh man, do you remember when? Uh, And then 10 years after that, nobody's going to even remember because it won't matter. That's where I think we're headed. And I think we're already on the edge of that.
0: Yeah, I I think that's already uh, exists. And what I'm trying to get to is, not trying to project what's going to happen in two years or five years, because I, I think those projections are ridiculous, uh, just on their face. It's gonna be, what's gonna happen in two months? And uh, you know, what's the next uh, intersection of people's ability to be able to, uh, as you're suggesting, uh, avoid the, the TV guide went away when TV went away and it was replaced by uh, what you're suggesting, and I agree with you, is uh, a voice interface. If, if I-
1: Well, you know, that, the but voice, there was a step between that.
0: But I'm talking about There was a step today. between
1: that. It was the, uh, yeah, no, I, I understand. I use, so it's I the next generation search. of like. Elect-
0: I don't use search, I use voice. That's how I get to, to search. Either I ask somebody who knows better than I do what, mm. what to look for or- I ask uh, Siri, you know, who is the, you know, blank? how old is so-and-so, whatever the question is. uh, And I don't type out the search, I just wait. And when the service is uh, immature, which Siri certainly is, uh, often I will get a, a bad answer. And I therefore train myself to avoid certain kinds of questions. What I'm really being trained by is uh,
1: Siri. The device. That's right. Yeah. Well, Siri, uh, and interestingly enough, what? Siri. is of the three uh, or four of the major devices actually the one that is the the least um, uh, the least good of all of them based on on the research uh, that I've read. Um, and uh, it, they have a they have a ways to go. But I guarantee you that. That, that Siri could, I think, I think voice is the answer here. Um, I really do. And I think that Siri um, is going to be when Apple gets its streaming service up and running, Siri will be the major way to navigate that. And I think that that is, I think that is the transformation that okay, we're all waiting for. Go. And by we the way, going. we're there, it's, we, we have it now. It is okay, here now. Thank you.
0: That's what I'm trying to, I, and, and you, and you Samsung, keep going to the future and the future is like,
1: <laughs> So, so there's two places right now. Um, Samsung, for as long as they've had a smart TV, have, have allowed you to, to, to speak to the, one of their specialized remotes and say to the remote what you want the TV to do. It, it doesn't always work. It was a little clunky, but it, 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 it's, it was there. Uh, and then, of course, you can do that now with Amazon and the Fire Stick. That absolutely works, and it works great. Um, It just requires that you leave the environment that you are normally in to go to the Amazon environment. And now you can you can navigate inside the Amazon environment. It's here. It's now. It just needs to be broader. And that that's that's next step. I I think that that's uh, uh, that's
0: really the important. Again, I I keep having to suppress your desire to talk about Thursday, two weeks from
1: today. (laughs) It's today. Well, now you said two weeks. Uh, you were saying today. what's happening in the next month. I just gave you it's today. Frank, it is I use, absolutely I use today. Apple it's TV.
0: I use the you know the Comcast uh, remote. I use wh- whichever remote allows me to be able to say something and have it give me uh, the program. Is the and how many makes. remotes is that? Uh, at the moment, it's several. At uh, but it, okay. I mean, so, uh, my response as a customer is to move to the device, which gives me the most success in the shorter period of time. So I use Apple TV a lot, even though the remote is uh, horrible. Uh, And uh, I use Comcast remote because they're bundling uh, some of the major streaming services like Prime Video and Netflix. So I can reach those shows without having to go to a separate network at least conceptually so this uh image you have right now hulu is on a di- it's on bundled on apple tv uh it'll be nice when it's bundled in uh, either everything goes to apple tv uh through uh you know uh, deals distribution deals bundling or well uh, yeah. or yeah or there's some other, you think it might be, from what you're telling me, uh, you think it might be uh, Amazon. I'm not so sure.
1: Well, maybe, uh, but no, maybe I, I actually, you know, you're you, you, you You're saying exactly uh, the right thing there. It, it, but in, in a, to me, uh, you've got so many options that you want to go to, none of, not all of which are available in any one place. So, uh, you know, as, as we've said, Disney will have Hulu and ESPN and Disney, which includes Marvel and, and Star Wars and blah, 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 right? But um, Amazon uh, has Netflix, you can actually get Netflix uh, off of the Amazon device. So you can get Amazon Prime Video and Netflix off of one device, but um, I have to download other apps into some other uh, environment Uh, like Sky, the Sky app. I download that or I use a Sky OTT device. Thing is, is I now four OTT devices in the back of my TV, my smart TV, four devices, each one of which has a different remote, each one of which offers me some service that I actually like and want to see but it's now a pain in the ass to have to go and pick up a different remote to turn that on to make me see this thing that I really like. So I watch it for an hour and I turn it off and forget that that's where I left it. And I think, oh, I can just pick this remote up and change it. No, I can't. It becomes complicated. The only way all of this is going to succeed is when it's not complicated and, when it's, and it, when it's done in such a way that it's second nature to anyone Show me this show.
0: Yeah, and that's gonna happen. And in the meantime, it mostly is happening. So the question- It's happening. So if we have, if we're forced to have to talk about the near future, uh, what is it that's going to uh, shake out in terms of the success of these new uh, bundles? You've talked about Apple TV Plus. (laughs) You've talked about uh, uh, Disney Plus. You've talked about uh, Amazon and whatever they call it. Uh, which of these Prime Video, yeah? Uh, which of these are you going to invest in, and how how long is it going to be before uh, basically you drop off of these uh, different uh, networks because you just don't have time to be able to consume the uh, the product that's already available.
1: Or 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 you're you're spending too much to be on all the different services. Yes, one the or the other. I, I, I'll I'll tell you um, uh, my my answer to that um, is whoever has the best stuff, uh, who, the 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 best storytelling, the best content, um, the most the, the most compelling content, the most whether that content right. is news, here's, sports, here's or entertainment. We,
0: here's where we, you know, the best you know, only the best people. Who was it who said that? Uh, You know, good luck with uh, what's best. Uh, If you don't don't have uh, thought leaders, if you don't have uh, credible sources for recommendations, uh, trustworthy recommendations, uh, then there will be no best because nobody will understand uh, what the choices are. So how, how do you... Uh, in a world of, of digital fragmentation, how do you establish the new Walter Cronkite's, the new uh, uh, Ellen's, the new uh, thought leaders that really change and shape uh, uh, you know, life across both news and entertainment?
1: So I, I think that that's going to be some combination of uh, great produced content and social media Uh, which, by the way, is voice, word of mouth, even though it's 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 not necessarily voice Um, that will allow people to find out what it is they're interested in and what's out there and what's coming. Uh, So I think that it's it's a combination of all of these things, which, by the way, are all digital um, and just word of mouth. People are going to hear that, oh my God, you need to see this new Hobbs and Shaw movie with The Rock and Jason Statham because it's just so action-packed. I, honestly, I, I, and how did I find out about that? By seeing a trailer on YouTube uh, because I just happened to be fl- flipping through movie trailers on YouTube one day, saw that trailer and went, oh, that's one I've got to go see. And that, by the way, couldn't see it anywhere else other than on... Uh, in a movie theater. Eventually, I'm I'm not saying that movie theaters are gonna be outdated. I think the movie theater experience is really important. But I think that a lot of people physically don't wanna get up and go to a movie theater and sit in a theater for two hours. Um, And that's where the streaming of higher end content is going to become sort of the place to go. People will gather, by the way, they'll gather around their TV, the cool fire, or whatever that device is, to watch high quality streamed content that you would not have been able to get on regular TV because of the cost of the distribution fees and carrier options. So I, I think that, um, it's this. honestly Steve, we could go back and forth on this all night long uh, and, and it would be a great and interesting conversation. I, I really don't have the answer yet. I don't know who has the answer yet. Everyone's trying to find the answer now. That's why there are streaming wars
0: i think they uh people have to have the answer and they have to have it now because they're starting to make uh buying decisions based on it It, it, it's already happening people are are well you know one service over another not because uh the content's any better or worse but because it gives enough it fits more precisely with their viewing patterns and what they find Uh, important uh, which gets back to you know keeping our families safe that's the the calculation why would we watch a news network uh when all we're getting is repetition of uh you know the same information based on a delivery mechanism which is a if not already uh soon to be outmoded which is well you know it's it's
1: well you know if if there's been this giant shift uh, in the way content distribution, content is sold. In the old days, um, the TV networks would have this event every year called an upfront. The upfront was basically a giant party at Radio City Music Hall where all the buyers for advertisements, so the company that represented, you know, Procter and Gamble and uh, Ford and uh, uh, you know uh, Warner Brothers Motion Television, Motion Pictures. They would come into a room and they would see, here's the new shows on television coming up in the next season. And you can buy advertising on these shows based on what you've now just seen in this room on the NBC. I'll I'll just use NBC as an example because it's the one I'm most familiar with. On the NBC television network next season. And and we will offer you, we, NBC, will offer you the opportunity to buy 60% of all the advertising time on all these great shows or any shows that you pick as a buyer, um, and we'll let you buy that uh, before the season starts. And you're actually like rolling the dice to make sure that 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 show that you bought those ads on will be a hit and that your spend was worth the money that you spent for it. So that was in the early days, and it was just NBC. Well, then the next, and, and then cable came along, and the cable people had their own upfront. So NBC has their upfront on Thursday, but USA Sci-Fi and Bravo has their upfront on Friday. Now you've got to go to another place and see here's what's on cable. Now you go through the same rigmarole and you decide which of these networks, these cable networks, which are owned by NBC, but not the NBC television network because at the time NBC television network was looked at as the big deal and the cable channels were like the babies. Um, and they ended up, uh, you know it ended up being these two events then came, then streaming happened, and there was this new event called a, a uh, uh, the the digital upfront um, which was called the new front. that's where Hulu and Netflix and those places would start to show their stuff. So now you've got three different types of upfronts that the, that the buyers are out looking at today. Those, if you look at Comcast, all of that stuff, broadcast, cable, and streaming are now sold at the same upfront. So you, as a buyer, can go in and make your bet on all of these things without knowing which one is going to be the one that's going to be the, deliver the most eyeballs. Because in the end, the advertisers just want the eyeballs. They want reach, they want frequency, and they want, uh, they want it to, to be remembered. Um, and where does that happen? Well, if I'm a seller like the Comcast, I want to sell you time across all of these platforms. Um, and then whatever happens in terms of the winner, um, the buyers and the advertisers are, are still sitting pretty. So I think that's been a that's been a shift and a, and a sea change. Uh, and it's and again, it goes back to the idea of it's it's about um, the eyeballs and the money. Okay, so the the money will dictate where where uh, where this this will the money is going to end up being one of the biggest dictators of where this is going to uh, pan out.
0: So uh, just to summarize uh, what I hear you saying, uh, and I agree with it, is that the things that will uh, rise to the surface and, and become and scale, such as Netflix, Uh, such as audio uh, as a search uh, input, uh, such as uh, the uh, intelligent personalized bundle, which you you described, where you're upstairs and you get one uh, pitch and your kids downstairs get another pitch. Uh, Those things uh, will provide a data layer that will essentially become the inputs for the news fronts for the new upfront and, and and thereby will uh, fund uh, the content uh, that's available uh, over these large companies that are uh, basically consolidating.
1: The, the short answer is yes you're absolutely right but you you actually brought up one other and uh, uh, final point uh, if if you don't mind and that is the accumulation of the data which was never available on television you you didn't really know uh, beyond uh, for example the Nielsen's uh, which in the beginning were actually done by Pete by a thousand people in the entire world of people who watch television a thousand people got a diary and wrote down every day for a week or two or three or four whatever it was what they watched when they watched it that was the only way you got that data now fast forward to right now and everything is a data point so i can immediately know who when where what maybe not why um but add the voice layer to it and I may figure out why Um, and it'll be that'll be the way that it will determine which things are resonating then that money more money will get spent in those areas that are resonating more uh, then that will sort of bubble up to the top Um, and so the answer to your question is yes and then lay on the whole idea of, of data being the research tool which is now more fulsome than it ever has been before.